Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk Warner Brothers, PS5, and Nintendo news. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Geek, where I am not stuffy nose this week, and it is currently not raining, although we might get rain on Sunday. Um, how are you, Kevin? How was How are the rains in NorCal? Because, like, down here, they got kind of heavy at some point, but they weren't nearly as bad as the other round of rain we just had. Uh, I think it moved everything that you had down up here. Uh, <laughs> we have all the rain now, and I have a stuffy nose. Uh, that's oh, that's dear. how that's gonna work, um. But yeah, uh, it's it's not too bad in terms of the weather. It's not like I'm dying completely. Um, still drivable, but you know we're in California, so whenever it starts raining, nobody knows how to drive. So yeah, that's how it is. Also, when it rains in California, people on those really high beach cliff houses start uh-huh. losing their houses because they start falling and crumbling. Yeah, and the hillsides are not stable, so. That's the thing that happens out here. Um, have you done anything fun this week, Kevin, or have you just been like working and existing? Uh, a bit of both. Uh, so, uh, last Friday I had a bunch of people over. We we play tested, kind of limit tested the glass box a little bit. Hmm. Um, we were. I was like, oh yeah, maybe we'll get a couple Wii games in. Maybe we'll see how like the streaming setup works. Uh, I got the stream set up, set up, but I never actually did anything with it. Uh, and then I had the Wii ready, but we ended up playing Jackbox the whole night anyway, so it was all good. Um, but yeah, did that, and then on Tuesday, I I went to round one to hang out with a friend for their birthday. Um, and then I've been testing out a couple of like other little gadgets that I got for TikTok wise, so. Hopefully, I can get back into doing more content uh, in the near future. So, that, like, what kind of gadgets? What, what are we talking so about here? I just got like a mini, like, phone attachment lavalier mic. Um, if you guys don't know what a lavalier mic is, it's like a little mic that you like clip on. Um, like, you clip onto your shirt. So that is that it's, what like, lavish works for? Yes. So yeah, whatever people say, lav mic. Um, that's what they. The it's short for lavalier. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, the. It's a little clip mic. Uh, I was just testing it for my phone. Um, so if I want to do like the on the street TikTok content where like I interview somebody, I have it like on hand. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I'm that's what I'm testing. Um, other than that, it's just been reading reading some books. Um, I'm getting through the the Shonen Jump um, like guide to making manga or something like that. Um, I'm in the third part, which is where they're talking about like tips from like the pros about certain things that they wish that they knew before they started writing manga um Mm. and like some of the other like random inspiration things so like one of them that like 
was really interesting was like Taita Kubo, who is the guy who's known for writing Bleach. Yeah. Um, he has a short series. He has like a short book. Um, it's technically a one shot um, called Burn the Witch. Um, but it's like. It's about like these witches who like save the save London and have like this whole like system of like essentially like how to tame dragons and make sure that they don't like interfere with regular human life um but the <laughs> the funniest thing is like I was reading the book and he's like what what inspirations have you gotten from like other other things and what things do you look for and he was like yeah I watched the Kingsman and I liked how they had like spinny revolvey things and yeah that's how burn the witch happened and i'm like wait now like spinny revolvey things like like he likes it when there's like hidden things in plain sight so oh. he was like like with the hidden armory with like oh um like okay. characters having like a different life when they enter into a different premise right and so he's like yeah i, I like that but i wanted to do it magical and i'm like okay and so he's like, yeah, I just watched Kingsman. Uh, I liked it enough to make a one shot. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Um, same thing goes with Toski Fujimoto, who's like the Chainsaw Man guy. He loves anything movies. So like you'll see certain shots and you'll be like, yeah, I get that one. Or yeah, I understand that. And that's the reason why like the Chainsaw Man opening is is known for just having all movie references. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just Toski Fujimoto's like main inspiration. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting to see like what certain artists say. Oh, what about you? How's your week? How's everything going on your end? Um, my week has been just rehearsal and tiredness. I've just been very, very tired. I haven't done anything really fun in the past week. I played a little bit of Overwatch yesterday in the new patch. Um, I'm very not used to what they did to Farah. I I miss her old way, but I do like her little dodgy move now. She just needs like a quick drop, and then I think she'll be okay. I just need to get also get used to like how you can no longer regain uh, fuel when you're in the air. You have to touch the ground, which kind of like defeats a lot of the purpose of Farah. But I'll get used to it eventually. Have you seen all like the ridiculous? Um, videos that people have shown with like the new size of the projectiles no i've seen the hitbox stuff though yeah i mean that that that's what i oh, mean yeah, yeah. combining yeah, yeah. like the hitbox with the increased projectile size like you don't even have to be like aiming at the person to get a headshot now which is really weird i don't like it but yeah. anyway uh i think that's really it for me uh, I'm just having rehearsals and work, but um, anyway, let's get into the stuff for the week. Um, I'm going to kind of go out of order of the way I put things here on the page because there's one kind of thing that I did that's kind of tied into this, but like, Kevin, have you ever seen Morbius? No, I have not watched Morbius. <laughs> Do you plan to watch Morbius? No. Uh, okay. Does he actually say it's Morbin time in it? Do I have I to? I wish like... that would have okay. made the movie like the whole two-ish hours that I sat watching it, it would have made it <laughs> worth it if he said it's Morbin if he, time. If he just said it's Morbin time, it would have been over. Oh yeah, just for the meme, it would have been like yes, they they did that for us. They knew that we were waiting for it and they did it. And I 
appreciate them for it, but alas, they did not. They didn't think that far ahead. So, um, I I tried watching Morbius for for a reason, which I will get into. Um, it took me three days to watch this damn movie. I fell asleep three whole times, and she's like, ah. I can't do this. It's so bad. It's so boring. Like nothing makes sense. Um, Jared Leto is not the best actor, quite frankly. Um, I think Matt Smith is wasted. A lot of the the actors in this are like good actors. They're like well known people, except for Tyrese Gibson, who can't act to save his life. And I don't understand how he has a career. Um, like honestly, between the two of them, I would rather watch Jared Leto than Tyrese Gibson, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, but I watched it because um, Madam Web came out, and people are saying that Madam Web is worse than Morbius, so I had to watch Morbius so I can compare Madam Web to it when I go watch it and write a review on it. Um, but currently, Madam Web has broken a, um. I I guess a box office record and not a good one, not a good record. Um, according to a bunch of like, or according to Screen Rant, um, Morbius in its three day opening gross got thirty nine million dollars. Um, Kevin, guess how much Madam Web made in its three day opening weekend? Hmm. 25. <laughs> wow, you're optimistic. $17.6 million. So literally less than half of Morbius. It's not even half as good as the box office of Morbius, apparently. Um, currently, across it, the, the whole like opening, full opening week, that then it got 25. $25.8 million domestically. Um so that's not looking at internationally, but I don't, I couldn't imagine international would be Anybody. any much better. <laughs> right. There's no way that like international is going to help this because I mean, the people who consume the most comic book media, I would think are, is the American box office. So um, in 22 years, Kevin, Sony has had the rights and the licenses to Spider-Man characters. So in, in those 22 years of Sony, this is the worst box office opening ever. Now, granted, like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like in its opening, had previously the the lowest box office, but then went to like earn three hundred eighty-four point three million dollars and got a lot of really good reception. I believe it was nominated for an Oscar. Probably it should have been if it wasn't. Um, so, uh, opening weekend box office isn't necessarily like a killer for a movie because like people spreading word of mouth after the fact could also bolster like earnings and box office. And also it depends on what opens with it. What, what movies are opening afterward? Like if people are, are going to be busy that weekend, like if you're opening something on a, a weekend that a lot of people are like out of town, you're not really going to get a good box office. Um, so at least in the case of Madam Web, I think maybe like the fact that people are saying it's so bad might drive people to the theater just to see how bad it is. If you're like, if you're like me and and love a good hate watch, or if you're just bored. Currently, Madam Web has thirteen percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and fifty four percent audience score. If you care about um, 
Rotten Tomato stuff, I don't necessarily pay attention to it anymore because there's movies that I've loved that have gotten really good scores there. I mean, really bad scores. There's movies that I've hated that I've had really good scores. It's an aggregate website. So the percentage is just like, it's not that that's a, that's what they're rating it out of a hundred. It's not like, oh, this movie is only 13% good according to critics or it's 54% good according to people. No, that's like 54% of audiences thought it was good. 13% of critics had something good to say about it. That's what the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes mean if you weren't familiar with how they use that system. But like even in the production of Madam Web, like according to um, so what Dakota Johnson said on like the press tour, um, she said that there were drastic changes that were made to the story like only days before its opening. Um, a lot of like the marketing was very confusing and, and personally not very good. There was that meme. Did you do you remember the the meme line that went with this movie, Kevin? That everyone just kept laughing with at. Madame Web. No. Yeah. Um. It was there. There was a line in the trailer that apparently never actually is even said in the movie. Um. It's he was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died, and everyone thought that was just such a stupid line that it became like the one line that everyone knew was from this movie. Um, uh huh. It's just really, really bad. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm planning on watching it just to see how bad it is, and then to write a review on it for um, the Instagram page that I write reviews for. But yeah, that's that's Madam Web right now. So it's a web of of pain and and sadness for that movie. Um, Want to hear more about pain and sadness with movies, Kevin? Sure. Um, remember last week how we talked about um, Piety versus Acme and how it is being potentially shelved for all of time for yeah. tax break purposes? Well, at least for Warner Brothers Discovery and David Zaslav, there is a potential that they might be getting themselves into legal trouble and legal headaches now. Um, what David Zaslav is doing is, is he's done it a couple of times now with other movies. There was a Scooby-Doo animated movie that he shelved that was, I think, completed. Like, they finished the movie and they were getting ready to release it and he said, no, uh, tax breaks. Um, the Batgirl movie was in the process of being filmed and he said, no, because tax breaks. Um, apparently, he David Zaslav hasn't even watched Coyote versus Acme. He didn't even know anything about the movie. He just said, no, tax breaks. So... Um, that's where the current the movie is currently at now. They have tried because of the negative attention. They made the attempt to try to sell it to another studio. At least in my perception, it wasn't an honest attempt to sell it. They just were going through the motions just just to say, "Oh, we tried to sell it, but no one can meet our price." Anyway, um, Representative Joaquin Castro, who is part of the 20th District of Texas, went on social media to say. In regards to David Zaslav's repeated attempts, or not attempts, but repeated um, strategy of not releasing movies just for the tax break, um, he put on Twitter, I've spoken and written to the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission about the disturbing growing trend in the entertainment industry. It's anti-competitive, anti-worker, and predatory. Regulators should review a corporation's use of this tactic in the tactic referring to the, the non-release for tax breaks in evaluating whether to sue to block future mergers. So 
um, there is a potential that, I mean, I don't know if this is actually going to have any effect on Cody versus Acme. I think honestly, like the book is closed on this one, but I think if David Zaslav does this too more, like any more often than he does now, I think he might actually run into trouble with lawmakers. Like he might get sued. He might get blocked. They might get whatever they're there. He's used this tactic too many times and people are upset about it. And so he's, gotten in trouble with or not gotten in trouble but he's attracting attention he doesn't want he's getting the lawmakers to look at him so i really hope that they step in and, and legally kick his ass because there's there's no defense for this man there is what he's doing is it pisses me off it's disgusting it's not art it's it's disrespecting the artist it's disrespecting audiences it's literally it's disrespecting like the legacy of these characters and the people who have put love, time, and care into just making the fandoms what they are now, making filmmaking what it is now. Um, this is what happens when you put business people in, in charge of art. They don't care. They just, all they see is dollar signs. All they see is loopholes. And it's making the film industry just so much worse. Okay, Kevin, what do you how, do you watch a lot of action movies? Uh, I don't watch a ton, but like if it if it's recommended, I'll maybe give it a glance. Have you watched any action movies this year? Uh, movies wise, I don't think so. I watched like three episodes of The Brother's Son, but that's about oh, it. That same that seemed pretty interesting, but that's a TV yeah, show. It is a show. Okay. Um so the Critics' Choice Awards is an award show, or not Critics' Choice Awards. Never mind. Um, so the People's Choice Awards is an award show where, as the uh, title of the show suggests, people make their choices and give awards to their favorite actors, shows, movies, all over the entertainment landscape of the past year. Um, this year's event just happened it was hosted by simu lu who i guess i didn't see the event because i forgot it was happening um but apparently he did pretty well as the host um he did better than joe koi did which was unfortunate for joe koi because i i do in general like his comedy and i think he was thrown into the unfortunate position where he was brought in very late and like the writing for the show wasn't probably as good this year as it's been in past years. And that's the thing that people don't realize is that the jokes, a lot of the jokes and bits in award shows are written out and scripted by a team. Um, so just if you didn't weren't aware of that, like, for example, do you remember um, Kevin back when um, Sandra Oh did her thing where she said, like, it's an honor just to be Asian? I don't remember it, but. There was an award show. I can't remember which one. I think it was the Emmys where like this was back during, I think the stop, I think very early in like the stop Asian hate movement where um, there was a lot of more Asian films coming out, more Asian pride where she said this in an award show and it took off. According to Bowen Yang, who's the actor um, who's on SNL, according to him, like his friend wrote that bit for her. That was a scripted bit. So just so y'all know, <laughs> award shows are scripted. But anyway, going back to why we're talking about this and action movies, but um, 
action movie of the year and um action movie star of the year went both went to a very i would say controversial and unlikely and i i can't honestly at this point yet say undeserving winner um currently for act we're not currently but action movie of the year nominees were ant-man and the wasp quantumania fast x guardian of, of the galaxy john wick chapter four mission impossible dead reckoning hunger games ballad of songbirds and snakes the marvels and transformers rise of the beasts and female movie star went to or, or action movie star of the year went was nominated for or the nominees were brie larson for the marvels chris pratt for guardians of the galaxy gal gadot for heart of stone jason momoa for aquaman keanu reeves for john wick Rachel Zegler for Hunger Games, Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible, and Viola Davis for Hunger Games. Kevin, I know I threw a lot of names and titles at you really fast, but like, who do you think won? And I can repeat them if you need me to. Uh, let me. I would think like they would maybe give it to Tom Cruise, right? Because you would you think know, Mission Impossible. It's getting closer to the end of the run, probably. He threw himself off of a cliff. For this exactly. movie, like he, that man's insane. He jumped off of he jumped he he took a bike, and he jumped it off of a cliff. And he did this according to like production stories. He did this at the very beginning of filming, so that if the the stunt went wrong and he died, like they wouldn't have to like have wasted so much time filming the movie. Like he committed to this stunt, and he's committed to a lot of other stunts in the past. It's what he does. Um. You would think that Tom Cruise would get it. You would think, and like, you would think that Mission Impossible would probably get action movie of the year. I would have given it to John Wick Chapter Four, personally, no, because true. I, yeah. I really enjoyed Keanu Reeves it. is great. Oh, Keanu Reeves is fantastic, and especially because that was the end of the John Wick series that we know of so far. Fifth hasn't mm -hmm. been uh, completely confirmed, and I I don't know whether the um the Continental um and the Ballerina series have been confirmed as prequels or sequels or when they take place in the continuity but um no they went to hunger games ballad of songbirds and snakes and rachel zegler won for action movie star of the year oh she beat out jason momoa keanu reeves tom cruise and even viola davis i mean i haven't seen hunger games i i'm going to watch this now just so that i can see who and how she won or how she even got nominated for this. And then again, this is the people's choice awards. And like, this is just more proof that like, I don't trust people to vote. <laughs> and the thing sure. is, I, I, from what I understand, the people's choice awards, you can like vote every single day. So the way I, I heard it, like possibly explained how this happened was that like, the adults who have seen the other movies, who have watched Mission Impossible and John Wick, don't have time to sit there voting every day. You know who does? It's the children who are on their phones and only have like school and soccer practice afterwards. Who like, if for, I don't, I actually honestly don't know what child actually votes for the People's Choice Awards, but theoretically, they would have more time and inclination to vote. So that's. I honestly, the only way I can think of that Rachel Zegler and Hunger Games won this.
Although Barbie did win movie of the year, which I kind of agree with. Yeah, if they they gotta they they gotta win something. And if it's the People's Choice Awards, that's honestly the better pick. <laughs> they Just Barbie prove, did get prove snubbed the at Oscars the, wrong. Barbie got snubbed at the BAFTAs though, which is like the British American film and no, not what is it? British Academy of Film and Television Arts, I think, is what BAFTA stands for. It's a British award show, uh -huh. but it's it's generally seen as a, a very prestigious award. Um, and the fact that Barbie got snubbed, industry folks are saying that it's a bad sign for Barbie at the Oscars. So, um, yeah. looks like it's going to be more sweeping for Oppenheimer, which, yeah, but yeah, this is an award I don't agree with. And I'm just going to have to, like, I had no interest in watching this hunger games movie just cause I got really bored of hunger games after like the mid 2010s, but yeah, like, well, like we've all seen the first one and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what it is. And then we we found out about like battle royale and yeah like, people realize game like yeah who who honestly do it better exactly they're, they're they're better titles with the same concept so also last week we talked about and like the past couple weeks we talked about like console stuff um even though xbox is ostensibly losing the console race right now the console war to playstation they have no intention of uh, of stopping producing consoles and according to the head of xbox like the xbox next console is supposed to be quote the largest technical leap in a hardware generation um so this came out in the latest episode of the official xbox podcast um the xbox president sarah bond said that um in in the in the podcast episode that she agreed that Xbox would remain a the, their hardware, the gaming, like the the console, not just like the games for Xbox, would remain a flagship experience for players. In spite of like them expanding to go multi-platform, um, she said there's exciting stuff coming out in hardware, um, and that during holiday season, we're this is when we're going to see what they have planned. But what they have planned is um, we're focused on. What we're focused on there is delivering the largest technical leap you will have ever seen in a hardware generation, which which makes it better for players and better for creators and the visions they're building. We have no idea what that means, but I mean, they're teasing something. They're teasing a lot here to say it's the greatest hardware leap. Like, I don't know. And we've, we've talked about this. Like, I don't know what they can put out. That's like, super groundbreaking like they, they have a a, a mid-generation refresh coming out sometime this year like they're updating the design and like the functionality and like the specs of the xbox series x and s to have more memory like a new controller more sustainability etc cetera, etc cetera. um but I, I don't know i i they're teasing a lot here and I don't know if like with the current technology that is available to humans right now, if they can maybe meet the expectation that they're putting out, like the way I think I see it is like Elon puts so much like hype into the cyber truck. And then during that very infamous tech demo of the truck, like the window cracked, which it wasn't yeah. supposed to do. Like there was no way that like, even if it didn't, 
I don't think that there was any way for that demonstration to live up to what Elon had been like promising with the Cybertruck. Yeah. So like, like again, we're, I'm going back to asking you this question, Kevin, what possibly could be that much of a jump in technology for Xbox to say that like, they're going to be the biggest jump in a generation for consoles. Like, that's a tough question because I have no idea like what the hardware limitations or right what they can push, right? Like if they decide to be like, hey, we gotta create like a Nintendo Switch, but it's like even higher than what we've like what we've started with, mm-hmm. that would be even crazier. Like if they just decide to be like, we're done with with trying to compete here, let's let's go higher than that. Right. You know? Um, and it's interesting you mentioned the switch because like there's been court documents of like patent filing and other like things from Microsoft where they were looking at things like a a handheld device or a one-handed controller, etc. So Yeah. So it would be interesting if they if they do decide to go for something like that. But I don't know if that's viable, especially mm-hmm. with how well the switch is going. Right. Like, how are you gonna compete with that? But also like yeah, I don't know if this is just all hype or if they actually do have something behind it. I feel like it's probably just hype. Honestly. Last thing in in console news, PS5 is like has won this generation's console war. If you're not including the Switch because the Switch is in a category of its own, it's portable, it's Nintendo. Like no one touches Nintendo. They're they're in their own world. We don't have to really consider them their own thing. Um but according to Sony, they have been disappointed by the sales of PlayStation 5. So they're calling it that they're saying that it's in the end of its life cycle, which I find very strange, um, considering like people really are only starting to purchase them and, and have them readily available now due to like pandemic happening, due to like the shortages of everything during the pandemic, like for example, right now they're citing that this year they were um, it, they were expected to sell 25 million units um, by the end of this fiscal year, which ends on March 31st. But then they've revised their um, forecast down to 21 million after they didn't sell as many units during the holiday season. Um, I don't know what that is particularly about, but I mean, at least in the beginning of pandemic when they weren't selling as much, like there was a reason there, like no one could get them, like people wanted them but they couldn't get them. Um, I don't know if people not buying them is due to just like people not having as much disposable income now. Maybe like they're just shifting over to PCs. Maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why they could. Um, But in, in light of this revelation that they're shifting their expectations for the PS5, Sony said that they are not going to be releasing any major PlayStation franchise games before April 2025. So we're there's nothing like, I mean, I think if anything like this provides people with even less reason to buy a PS five now, like this is going to, it feels like it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy where if they had things that were coming out that people were really excited for, maybe they would 
entice more people to buy a PS5. But now that there's nothing really worth it that's new that's coming, um, there, there's nothing to tell people, hey, you should buy a PS5 now. Um, why would they do that when they could maybe either put that money towards a PC, which like I would, I'm just going to stick with my console gaming, but like if they were on climb, they could get a PC if they were on the fence about it or like just wait until the next generation of consoles comes out or is announced or something or buy a switch or I don't know, get the Xbox refresh when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's just kind of awkward for them to just say like, yeah, we give like we tap out here. Um, you would think that like, especially a company like, um, like Xbox would probably want to do more with it, um, with their product before they like wave the white flag, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know what the, what the thought process is here. Is it just like, we're, we're calling it quits now because if we, if we do it, we could focus on the PS6, which will have more exclusives. Or if it's just like, we can't afford to keep like making more of these. So we just have to give up here. Uh, right. Yeah. But it does still hurt though. It's like, it it's not going to help you with the sales of PS5s for sure. Like mm -hmm. the fact that you're saying we're done. It means that like a lot of people aren't going to be on board to like actually watch it happen you know it's so funny that like xbox is losing this battle but they're the ones who are like still fighting and playstation is the winner but they're the ones tapping out yeah anyway two things that i forgot to mention before i'm done with my stuff kevin have you ever played any of the borderlands games yes have you seen the trailer for the movie no <laughs> there's a movie there's a movie, I think. I can't remember who's releasing it, but the trailer just came out, I think, today. Hmm. Kevin Hart is playing Roland. Okay. Jack Black is playing Claptrap. I can see that. Kate Blanchett is playing Lilith. Hmm. Um what's her name? She's in the uh, the Michael Myers movies. Um Activia Lady. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's yeah, playing Lee Curtis. Tannis. Um, and I can't remember who she's like a child actor, but she's playing Tiny Tina. So a lot of people are just comparing this to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like they say it's like one of the ones I saw at the tweets I saw is like, this looks like if you ordered Guardians of the Galaxy from Wish, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, looking at it. I like the casting for Lilith as Kate Blanchett. I I think um Jack Black so far from what we've seen is going to be fantastic as Claptrap. Um I'm interested to see what they do with Krieg the psycho cuz he's in this. I think they've horrendously miscast Kevin Hart as Roland because Roland is supposed to be like the inspiring leader of the group like he's the he's the straight man, the solid guy. Um Kevin Hart is none of those things. By all accounts, I've heard he's a bad person in real life. He's not, he's just kind of loud and sticky, and that's his whole comedy. Um, so I, I'm not confident on that casting. 
I think maybe they just cast him because Jack Black is in it, and they saw him and Jack Black in Jumanji, Jumanji which the yeah. Jumanji movies were great. They were fantastic. I did not mind Kevin Hart in those because his character fit his personality. And I think they miscast Tiny Tina. I think she's too normal. She's too sane. Like there's there's none of that craziness that you get from Tiny Tina. You don't get the feeling that she's like got a screw loose in her own world. Um, she's like, honestly, the way that they portray her in the trailer is like, I've met just normal children that seem more insane than her. So I'm, I think they might've ruined those two characters. Again, this is just the first trailer that we've seen. Maybe they'll show us better things to come. I'm still probably going to watch it. I need to finish replaying the series because I, I never finished one or two. I finished three, which I didn't mind three. I liked it. Um, I know people hated it. I still have Tiny Tina's Wonderlands to play on the Xbox at some point. But there's that. And then I think today was the release day for the Netflix Avatar series. Have you seen or heard anything about it, Kevin? Uh, I know that uh, the guy from Kim's Convenience is Uncle Iroh, and that gets yep. my approval. That I I like his casting. I like Daniel Day Kim's casting as um, Ozai. My Lord Ozai, right? Yeah, yeah. I think those are two very good castings. I don't like really anything else that I've seen from this series. There was the I, and this has not been like there. I don't know where they've left this because there's nothing else on the news. But the the actor for Sokka was supposed to be um have gone to someone who is of Native American descent. And the guy who has it now, I don't remember his name, and I don't feel like looking it up, but there were rumors and reports that his family, like his dad and his uncle, made up a Native American tribe and like forged documents and like certifications to say that this kid was Native American just so he could get the role. Um, and that drew a lot of like negative attention and there were petitions to get him uncast. However, the more I looked into this, like there is a potential that he might actually still be native, although like he's not just not from unofficially like recognized tribe. And then there's discourse that's out there that says just because you're not from like a government recognized like official tribe doesn't mean you're not native because you could be out of like one of the smaller tribes that just doesn't have the uh, the recognition. So there's like. Is he, isn't he there? I don't know. I'm still very dubious of him just because of like the the documentation and reports that have like been floating out online that show like his dad made up a tribe and then listed the uncle as like the tribe representative. And then when they called the representative, he was calling the uncle, of course. So he said, oh yeah, he's part of this tribe. He's definitely native. And then Netflix kind of stopped doing the vetting from there. Um, on top of that is the fact that like the creators of Avatar hated what Netflix was doing and walked away to create their own studio, which is doing animated stuff, which I'm excited for because, of course, they're the creators, so they're going to do right by their creation. Um, there was one clip that was released of the scene where Zuko was rescuing Iroh from like being kidnapped that you see in season one where in the show, I mean, in the cartoon, Iroh's naked and fighting with the chains or whatever. From what I've seen of like the action, I'm not too excited about it because even though it's like it's miles ahead of where the movie which will not be named was where it's like four people slowly earthbending a rock, a rock forward <laughs> like at least like the earthbending looks 
how it should be in the show. But like, I feel like from the footage that they've released, it's relying too much on like slow-mo and the action scenes. It feels like a Zack Snyder thing, but not in like the good campy way that I like Zack Snyder. It looks like it's a crutch for their action to make it look epic. Whereas in like, there was a lot of slow motion in the animation in the cartoon, but I think feel like that worked because it, it what it didn't sit there for too long. I don't think it was overused. And a lot of the time it was to show like how close like a character was to being or like how close their dodge was or to show like their facial emotion expressions and emotions in that instant. Um, I think it was used very effectively in the cartoon. I'm not exactly excited about what I've seen in the show, but that's just me. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to watch it and at least see, but I, I don't like what I've heard media wise and like even from the creators of this Netflix version right now, because I mean like another change that they made, they changed Sokka's like whole sexism thing where it's like, yes, it's bad to be sexist. But the point of Sokka's character was he learned to move past that and stop being sexist and become a good person and to like respect women. And then they, they removed the whole like Sozin's comet, at least in season one, which was the whole point of like Wait, of, of the they, show is that they need to they retcon Sozin's comet. They retcon Sozin's comet because they said, Oh, we don't know how like how old the kids will be when we film season two. So we didn't want to put like a time cap on it, which like, okay, logistically makes a little bit of sense, but also it just ruins like any urgency, momentum, or motivation of the show. It, exactly. it just it takes out a lot of that like urgency of why Aang has to master the elements so quickly and like the challenge yeah. of his of his character it it removes so much of that like i'm i don't think that it's going to pay off in the long run yeah i i heard about the Sokka one and i was like i i know that that is a character development of the character of Sokka like Throughout the entire series, he's just like, I could I could do it on my own because I like I'm Sokka, right? Uh, but like to take that away from him, like I'm wondering what his character growth is now supposed to be, you know? Like there's probably none. He's probably just gonna be like, Oh, my boomerang didn't come back, rip. <laughs> like that that's it. Like mm -hmm. I, I I would want more from the character. And I don't I don't know if you could get anything after this. And, and like part of like him and Suki's relationship comes uh, from her, like him learning to respect her and like her defying his expectations of women. Mm -hmm. I think that's like, that's part of what makes them like such a, like a compelling couple. Anyway, that's it for me. My rants are over. Kevin, tell us okay. about Nintendo directs and other things. Yeah. Um, we kind of got in typical Nintendo fashion, they just spring news on us randomly. Um, so we found out that there is a Nintendo Direct that happened this morning. Uh, Wasn't it, it was a like uh, 40 minutes or something? It, it was, it was really short. It's uh, a partner showcase. So a lot of us were wondering if it's going to be like a full blown Nintendo Direct. No, it's a partner showcase. In other words, they're showing games that are coming out on the Switch that are made by other companies okay um and just like a heads up of like here's some stuff that's coming out or like he was like circle it so uh i only have a couple of them mentioned here um 
first one is Epic Mickey Rebrushed. If you guys ever played Epic mm. Mickey, platformer, uh, Mickey Mouse kind of game, they're just re. I, I think technically it's a it's a remaster, um, but there might be other stuff in there. I don't know. Um, after that, we got another Crab's Treasure, which is slated to be a Souls like game where you play as a hermit crab, and you're trying to get your shell back, um, but. Oh Every God. shell that you pick up, you gain a different ability uh, over the course of it. So I guess if people actually want a hardcore hermit crab like souls like uh, that, that's one to look at. Um, Sega, on the other hand, has been working on Super Monkey Ball. Uh, we're we're going to be getting that or for the switch. There's going to be like that's the, a throwback. Yeah. So they're going to have the solo mode, which is like the, the a typical Super Monkey Ball that you've you played. They have four-player local co-op, which is if you have friends over, you can play against them. And then they have 16-player multiplayer online gameplay. Um, so expanding it out, giving giving more people the ability to play uh, Super Monkey Ball over the course of the game, you know? Um, just giving it more access. Um, and then the one that I circled, which I think is really funny, is uh, the Suica game. Uh, uh we you know do you know what the Suica game is? Have, have you seen gameplay of the Suica game, which is the uh? I, the, I, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Okay, so have you heard of the watermelon game? No. Okay, okay. So have have you played Twenty Forty Eight like way back in the day where you would? Yeah, just like, yeah. You, you just have to get the numbers together. to add to Twenty Forty Eight, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So imagine that, but it's like with like fruit with emoji faces. Okay, uh, that's all it is, and so it's, it's like really big on game. Twitch. Yeah, it. Except you drop them from like the top. Okay. It, it's like you, you place it. There's a little gravity mechanic to it as well. Um, the best way how I can say it is that it started off as like a as a meme uh, of something that like you would play at a bar and then people would be like, oh, they're trying to get a close. Like it's just a, like small, small time bar game. Um, but it took off in the streaming community quite a bit. And it was essentially streamers challenging other streamers of like, how high can you get your score to be X, Y, and Z? Could you get a watermelon? Uh, which is what a Suica is um, in Japanese watermelon equals Suica. Hmm. Um, but uh, they announced that there's going to be a multiplayer version of this game. So now you could go head to head in Suica game um, versus somebody else. They have a five minute time limit game uh, and then they have like classic head to head. Um, which for me, um, sounds really, really funny to set up like a full, like serious tournament where you just get a big watermelon at the end. Um, I, I think that's something that must be in my future. Um, but yeah, a uh, competitive Suica game can be a thing. Um, keep that in mind. If you guys are going to play, uh, they're going to have multiplayer. Um, so yeah, start, start your leaderboard grind now. Um, that is all I took away from the Nintendo Direct. There's clearly more in there, but those are the ones that really stood out to me. Um, let's it's, talk about. It's interesting to me that like play. you you yeah. mentioned last week, like we were talking about like how like there's all the Frankenstein and uh, music biopic movies coming out, and you mentioned like uh -huh. in in anime, it's always like the isekais. Yep. And now it, in gaming, I think it's like we have just this glut of souls likes. Yeah. It's like people need to be challenged harder and they want their life to be even more miserable than it already is. So I mean and there's the, there's the what is that? Their update to Elden Ring coming out too? Yes. 
that that is also another thing i know a lot of people are Ugh. they have that circled um, i'm so bad at souls likes same uh the and only my one are, i've ever beaten is uh yeah. the star wars the first star wars jedi one. Oh, the uh oh, i i know which one you're talking about jedi i didn't survivor. even get through it yeah jedi survivor uh i got through sekiro and a lot of people are telling me like oh sekiro is like one of the hardest ones and i'm like <laughs> i think you're capping like i don't i don't think you're telling me the whole truth and so like whenever they tell me to play another souls like i'm like mm, i don't think so <laughs> Uh, I I 100 think that they're like that, but but tell me tell me if it's true though. If Sekiro is the hardest one, should I be taking shots at other games? Uh, also done possibly Souls like. So we'll see. Um, the other thing is that we got a Pokemon Day announcement. Um, Pokemon Day is going to be on the 27th this this uh month. So closer to the end of the month, literally next Tuesday. Um, the thing that is throwing me off is the Pokemon Day announcement. Normally, um, like, Pokemon Presents has, like, this little, like, jingle that they're playing. This time, when they did the announcement, it's playing the 8-bit version of, like, one of the original Root themes. So a lot of people are like, oh, are they saying that they're going to bring, like, red, blue, yellow, and maybe, like, crystal, silver, gold to, like, to the Switch? Huh. Um, And, like, a very, like, simple like oh here's the game boy port thing we're just gonna slap it over here right um or does that mean that there is something bigger on the horizon um for those games if it is if it happens to be like a classic remake or something like that um for me personally i i, I play pokemon unite and you, every pokemon day has had a really terrible release in pokemon unite so <laughs> All of my Pokemon Unite friends are like, oh god, what are they going to do now? And then everyone else in the Pokemon community is like, yippee, we're going to get a new game. And so uh, it, it's really funny to see the disparity between the two. But um, yeah, I'm hoping personal personal preference, I want a new Pokemon pinball. I, I like pinball. I like Pokemon. Uh, I hope that they just redo it that way. But uh, a, lot, a lot of other people are saying possibly like black and white remakes, possibly... Uh, Heart Gold Soul Silver remakes. Uh, we'll definitely have to be keeping an eye out for what they're gonna do there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye out for Pokemon Day, which is gonna be next Tuesday. Um, yeah, just just keep your eyes open. We'll see what happens there. All right, cool. In Manga News, we have a big one. Um, I know a lot of people were happy when they heard this news. I was rejoice. I was rejoicing when I heard it too. Uh, but Rui Dragon is one of the manga series that um shonen jump put out quite a quite a while ago and there's only six chapters of rui dragon um it came out and it's about like a girl who finds out that her father is a dragon and she's going through essentially it's like dragon puberty she's slowly learning that <laughs> like she has this gene thing in her so she has to learn how to like handle it how certain like aspects of her life is changing so like i think in the first like one of the first chapters she learns that she could breathe fire uh but it it's not like something that she could trigger automatically she like sneezes once and she was like angry and so she like lit the class on fire it didn't kill anybody but like he's like oh yeah my bad like i did i didn't know i could do that and so like her mom is 100 percent human is just trying to tell her like hey like your dad's a dragon that's why he's not home. Um, 
So you just have to learn about it. Um, but yeah, uh, what happened is Rui Dragon uh, had six chapters. It was looking really good. It had one Tokoban, which is one book. Um, and then the author got like really, really sick. Um, they were saying that they were poor health. And we did not know if we were ever going to get Rui Dragon again until now. Um, Shonen Jump finally said that the author is returning back to create more Rui Dragon in March. Um, because of their declining health as well, they want to make sure that they're not like stressing themselves out on the week to week basis. It used to be a week to week release. Um, they are going to be switching that to bi weekly. So we'll be getting less Rui Dragon, but more Rui Dragon in a way. So, like, we haven't had this series like really in the spotlight for about nine months. Um, so everybody is just happy that the author is back. Um, uh, doing better and will be writing more so we're finally getting more of Rui Dragon um, if you guys haven't read it it's six chapters right now go ahead and look up the scans um, but yeah really 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 nice series really like down to earth series so um, expecting it to do well and hopefully it does make it over to the states as well uh, okay uh, let's go over the release calendar uh, that we have here um, I was telling you about the 20th, which is this week. Uh, it is one of those crazy weeks where just everything comes out. Um, we have Way of the House Husband 11, Free Red 10, uh, Zom 100, uh, Bucket List of the Dead Volume 13, Wand Dance 8, uh, Kowloon 6, Oshido Ko 5, and last but not least, the manga debut of Smoking Behind the Supermarket with You. Um, that is what we, what we have coming out this week so if, if you're saving your money uh for this week definitely do it out uh buy your stuff um next week there's only a couple of them that i'm looking at um one is shangri-la frontier uh 10 um uh, which is once again it has an anime adaptation out right now uh if you like the isekai kind of format but like less isekai more uh like fantasy jrpg um feel free to watch it i i like it for the series um and then also on the 27th didn't hit my radar until like quite recently is uh blue lock so blue lock 10 is coming back um we will circle that make sure that we get that on the 27th um but yeah those are the two main books that we're looking at uh heading into the 27th heading towards the end of february um once again march is kind of kind of quiet until the 19th um the 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 19th is another one of those days that you have circled on your calendar that you dread uh but it, you know it is what it is and that's just how manga releases go they're like hmm i think the third week is the week that we want to make everyone broke um and then they hit you really hard so definitely be keeping an eye out for uh when those come out and what series to keep an eye out for I forgot to tell you, Kevin, I finally finished um, Your Lie in April. Okay. And? It wasn't as sad as I thought it was going to be. I I, th I feel like it, it warms you up to it because like yeah. you kind of know something's going to happen. But it's the last performance that mm -hmm. gets me. It's like when you're watching it, you, you see him playing and you're like, he's back because of her. Right, right. And this is what she wanted to see. 
and then like you have that last scene and you're like he knows it's happening right now mm -hmm. and like that that's the thing that like hurts the most for the for the character right, right. um but like yeah it, it's it's really sad uh but it, it's a classic because of it like mm -hmm. that is what what i was like initially starting like writing movies and having or like trying to adapt you know the anime movies into you know a good screenplay this is the one that i was saying like i would do a bunch of like action stuff like high action like manga to movie adaptations and then like during my decline i would make your lie in april like that's like the the final one that i would like try to make um and that would hit the hardest because like all of our generation who, who grew up watching it would be like oh man he's he's going for it but the newer generation won't know about it until until they see it so you're just gonna yeah. bridge to terabithia them yeah exactly I'm, I'm gonna hit them with that and like that that's the thing like we know bridge to terabithia because we had to like read that um but if, if you mention that to like any any newer like reader they'll be like oh what is this like but yeah i i would i would love surprise. to hit them with it. exactly it's, it's it's one of those so excited to see like everybody like learn about the series i love your lie in april and it's it's still considered like one of the one of the best ones that if you're trying to get somebody who's like into those rom-com kind of vibes uh to like feel and actually like not think oh like i could just brush this off whatever um you want to you get them into your lie in april and then they get to the last episode and they're like what <laughs> My yeah, question, just, just cry. Yeah, one go of my for questions it. is, is like when when you watch the opening for the for the mm -hmm. show, there's that caption. I met this girl under the full bloom cherry blossoms, and my fate has begun to change. Is that like the full name of the? Is that the the actual name of like the series, or or what is what is that part of it? Um, hold on. I I know that. Uh, is that like the name of the series? The full name is like yeah. Uh, full. You're lying, April. Let me. You're and lie. like when when also just when you get the reveal of what her lie was in April, mm -hmm. it's like, damn, okay, it's not at all what I thought it was. It was going to be. Da, da, da. I think that is. I think the full yeah the full name is still. Uh, Shigatsuwa Kimi no Uso, which is still your lie in April, or. Uh, it's April. Yeah, it's like April of your lies, right? That's what it what it is. But yeah, it it doesn't have a full like crazy name unless it was like written up there. Um, it could also be the lyric of like in the opening. I don't remember if that's uh -oh. a part of it. Um, but yeah, it it's great. I I love I love the series. It's good. But if you liked uh, your lie in April, the next one that I would request or that I would recommend. Um, that a lot of people don't talk about is Kids on the Slope. Um, Kids on the Slope is like it's a jazz style one where um, it it doesn't have the same like beats, but it's still like a very good, well done music anime. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you don't believe me, it's because the uh, the music direction is done by Shinjiro Watanabe, who is the guy who's known for editing Bebop. Um, Samurai Champloo, Carolyn Tuesday. They're they're all like really solid, like musical, uh music music themed 
anime. Um, so yeah, uh, would recommend that one. If, if you liked Your Lion April, watch Kids on the Slope. I think my next two that I have to watch are going to be, well, that aren't, aren't anime, are going to be Ahsoka, just so I can eventually talk to my friend, talk my friend into coming in on the show. And then I told my other friend that I'd watch Has Been Hotel, which I, has been on my watch out for list for a while. But Kids on the Slope, I can, is it streaming anywhere? Because I can probably fit that in. Oh, uh, let me find out. Um, I know. Where I watched it, I watched it on Crunchyroll, I think, a while ago, but I'm not 100% mm. sure where it is right now. Um, but yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in this week. Kevin, Um, what is your advice for... Um, I don't know. Uh... uh for planning games where you planning parties where you play mini games with friends uh actually have friends who are <laughs> like who are who are on board to play the well, game that, that's step uh, one have the friends yeah. uh yeah oh, oh my bad i forgot about that step uh no um for real it's just like make sure that the games that you have that they want to play are loaded that's one of the things that's like at, at least sometimes i forget to do where it's like I want to play this, but I haven't beaten it, or uh, I'm not that far ahead. Um, but I did get pretty far ahead in, like, for example, like all the games that we didn't end up playing, I did like spend hours to get there. So if anything, I'm prepared for like when the next group of friends come in and play. So uh, we'll definitely be keeping that in mind um, as we, as as I start planning more friends content, you know. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in with us this week. We will catch you next week. Hopefully it's not super sneezy and rainy where the rest of y'all are. Or if it is, hopefully it ends soon. Um, but we will catch you next week. Um, adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the Internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.